Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to season two of the Women in Weightlifting podcast with Mark House and Jess Saxon. We are joined tonight by Maria Hayden. Um, so Maria, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. How'd you get into weightlifting? I got into weightlifting in kind of a really roundabout way. I went to James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where my weightlifting coach actually is. And at the time I was a kinesiology major. Um, so I had to do an internship and I did my internship with my now coach, Christian Carter. Um, and he was, he knew I was a gymnast and he would be like, oh, Maria, you should do weightlifting. You should do weightlifting. But when I was interning with him, I actually had mono. And so like the last thing I wanted to do was anything. Um, so I never started weightlifting, barely made it out of that internship alive because of the mono. Anyway, all that happened. Then a few years, I would say like maybe a year later, I started CrossFit and I'd post all this stuff about CrossFit and Christian would message me on Instagram, which is really funny, like once every two weeks and just say, do weightlifting, do weightlifting. I'd be like, no, I won't do it. And then I realized like I actually was pretty weak and I needed, if I wanted to be competitive in CrossFit, I would need to be stronger um, at my Olympic lifting, especially. So I said, oh, hey, Christian, me again. I don't want to do weightlifting, but like, can you help me get stronger for CrossFit? He said, yeah, sure. So he helped me. And then during that, I realized that I actually loved weightlifting way more than CrossFit. And I did one meet in October of 2018. And then I said, okay, goodbye forever CrossFit. I am now a weightlifter and I've been weightlifting ever since. So eventually Christian did wear me down and I (laughs) switched over to the dark side, as we call it. Nice. Yeah. Did you ever compete in CrossFit? Yeah, I did. You know, I competed locally. I competed at Wadapalooza once in 2015, but like never regionals or anything, just locally pretty much. Yeah, I think you're now the fourth of our 55s to come directly to us from the CrossFit world. Mm -hmm. And a lot, of course, we have gotten a lot of athletes from CrossFit. Um, you, You said you were a gymnast. How far did you go in gymnastics? So I did gymnastics all throughout my childhood into adulthood, actually. I was level 10 um, when I graduated. And then, well, I was level 10 in high school. And then for my senior season, I wanted to chill a little bit. So I went back to level nine. Um, And then after that, I did club gymnastics at James Madison University. And after I graduated, I just continued doing gymnastics because they have a great adult competitive league. So I could still maintain a high level of gymnastics and compete at the um, still within the NAIGC, which stands for something along the lines of National Association of Intercollegiate College Gymnastics or so, something like that. Um, and so I could still compete and I competed up until I was probably 26, I think, which was a lot of fun. And then I started CrossFit and then I started weightlifting. So how old are you? I'm 29. Okay. It's like, that's a lot to pack into a, in, into 29 years. <laughs> yeah. It kind of feels that way, but like really the bulk of it was gymnastics. So I feel like I'm just starting my next thing. CrossFit was sort of like an intermission. Um, And I feel like weightlifting is where I can next thrive. Gymnastics world is certainly generates a lot of our athletes as well. I mean, um, you know, Jordan and Maddie, I think we're both um, cheerleaders. And of course, Kate was a, a gymnast at one point in time as well. But 
like so level, level 10 is as high as you can get in gymnastics, right? Am I, am I right about that? Um, it's level 10 and then there's the elite level, which is, you okay. know, where our Olympians and world team members are drawn from. And that has a completely different set of rules pretty much. So level 10 is like the highest level you can get. And then if you want to break into that elite category, you have to like basically change up your whole life essentially. So that's when you become like a gymnastics is your life and that's all you do. Yeah. I mean, like it still gets that way in levels nine and 10, but um, with elite gymnastics, it's, well, it's different now, but like back in the day it was more of that structured. You would go to the camps um, together once a month, those elite team camps, all that stuff. And you don't really do that unless you're an elite gymnast going right. to international meets. Yeah, so I was I was looking at your kind of your weightless lifting resume, and I was like, wow, you've only been only have been competing since two thousand eighteen. Um, yeah. And so to to be in you know kind of top ten, top five in the country right now is pretty spectacular. Thank you. It I don't know, like it just it doesn't really feel like that to me. I just have so much further that I want to go that I'm like, ah, oh, well, one day I'll get there, and it's hard to appreciate where I am now, even though I know I should, like, I'll look back on it and be like, wow, that was really awesome. But in the moment, I'm like, ah, oh, I just got to get to that next level. And I also feel like I haven't had a meet yet where I've hit what I know I'm capable of. There's always something, you know, welcome to weightlifting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we talk a lot about kind of what, what the goals are. So I mean, what, what are, what are your goals in weightlifting? Well, my first goal, it's weird with COVID obviously, but um, my ultimate goal is a, an international team like Pan Ams or Worlds, you know? Um, you never know what's gonna happen with weightlifting in the Olympics, whether that would be a thing or not. Um, so I would say like my ultimate goal right now is an international meet, wait to see like what's going on with the Olympics and then go from there. Yeah, we we should know a lot more about the Olympics in the next two weeks. Mm. Uh, I'm really not hip yeah. to the, the politics of everything. So I don't even know what's going on in the next two weeks. Is there some sort of like conference? What's I mean, how much do you want to know? <laughs> There's so much. Is there, uh, this is why I stay out of it. I already have too much going on in my brain. I'm just like, this doesn't involve me. The decision doesn't involve me. Like, I'll just go with whatever the repercussions are because I can't think about it. It stresses me out. But anyway, yeah, I we, guess like the bare bones, what's happening in the next two weeks? So we've got the, we have the IWF Constitutional Congress. It's happening in Qatar this weekend. Okay. Um, and I, I serve as counsel for the Athletes Commission, the IWF Athletes Commission. So um, I was working with Sarah and Forrester on getting a letter on the athlete's position on um, the IWF executive board resigning and passing the constitution yeah. and, and doing those things. And, and basically the, IW, the IOC has told the IWF, um, if you don't have a new constitution in place and don't have the entire executive board gone um, before their next meeting, which I think is September 8th, um, that we're probably out. Um, that was the the message from John Coates and then from I was talking to Sarah and, and she had told me that Bach had 
kind of told her the same thing that right. he wants weightlifting in the Olympics, but it's not going to be there in its current form. And if, right. it, if it yeah. involves the people that are currently involved in weightlifting, that it's probably not going to be there. Right. So yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Any movement, Mark, on the executive board? To... You know, I, I mean, I, I, I do not have perfect information on that, but I know certain of the certain of the members of the EB are like, no, I'm running, and I'm, you know, we're not going to put a new constitution in. We're, they have actually, I think, all come out in favor of the constitution, um, but that the the latest draft of the constitution that Darren Kane did. August 3rd um, involved all of the EB um, being forced to resign. And whether that actually gets passed or not, we'll find out this weekend. But actually, by the time this podcast gets published, it'll, we, we, we will probably know an answer to that question. Wow. But so, yeah, um, okay. <laughs> here's hoping, right? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that all this stuff actually works. But yeah, I, I would assume if you read inside the games tomorrow, um, there'll be a couple of different letters that have been sent out because I'm pretty sure Phil and Florian Sperl from Germany were sending one out and then the Athletes Commission has sent one out today. Mm -hmm. um, so I assume both of those will be kind of on the radar screen. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll see what these guys want to do. I mean, I'm honestly not terribly optimistic. Really? Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of corruption. Going on? A lot yeah. of corruption. That's awful. Yeah. So anyway, back okay. to back to your life goals. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> life goals are TBD, I suppose, depending <laughs> on what happens in the next two weeks. So that's what I'm saying. Like my concrete life goal, not life goals, weightlifting goals are a Pan Ams team because that's really not in jeopardy, right? No, no, no. Okay. That's the interesting thing, right? The IWF championships, um, everything else will go forward. It just we won't be in the okay. Olympics anymore. Well, then for now, that will be my goal. Pan Am slash a world's team. Yeah, Do you have I, I, any numbers that you want to hit? Yes. Oh, I just went over this with Christian, um, and he was telling me the numbers I needed, and I already forgot what they were. But anyways, um, I think what I, my first goal is double body weight, clean and jerk, um, 110 would be great. And then for snatch, I want to get up to 90 slash 91 um those are my first goals uh and then once i hit those on to the next ultimately i would love like a one 120 clean and jerk slash close to like you know 95 98 snatch would be what super. are your lifts right now what are your best lifts my best ever yeah. um okay my best snatch ever is what i did at nationals virtual nationals i believe which was 81 okay um and i did 81 again at this past nationals but it was press out uh, and then my best clean don't start ever, <laughs> my best clean jerk ever is 105 um my best jerk ever is 107 and i've never maxed out a clean so who's to say yeah and you've you've had You've done 102 in competition, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, if you, if you hit 105, you're not far off of 110. And that, right, that's, the, yeah. that's the big magic number for the, the 55s. Yeah, Is that yeah. Double body weight clean and jerk. People are, yeah, getting stuck right, right around there. 
So. Yeah, that's what just is smiling because I always I, I I've been waiting for her to hit that lift for like three years. Dude, you've hit um, it in training, right? Uh, no, I haven't put it together in training. The closest time I ever did was 2019 finals. Yeah. Oh, wow. I failed the jerk behind my head. Yeah. It was so close. It was so close. Mark is even in the frame of the video. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh... Yeah, you can see oh, me. I'm yeah. like off and off. off, off. Yeah. Like, I'm not announcing. I'm just watching. I'm just a spectator. And I'm like, oh. yeah. No. No. I know that quick yeah emotions as things yeah. go awry yeah because we were talking about this there's i mean jordan has had a you know a double body weight clean and jerk she actually did it as a 49 did 110 but yeah you know nobody's really hit it so it's it's a pretty amazing feat of strength for a 55 kilo athlete to hit a double body weight clean and jerk um, right yeah and didn't jordan do 116 as a 55 she did 117, yeah. 117. Like, that's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like truly. Yeah, she's a she's a little monster. Yeah. That's why she went to the Olympics. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's why she went to the games, right? Mm-hmm. Um so what are your squat numbers? Uh, the most like so I with Christian, I've never really truly like maxed out. Um the most I've ever done for a single is 300 pounds, which was literally back in like maybe 2017 before I worked with Christian. That was when I did CrossFit. Wow. Um, so now I'm doing like, you know, 120 to 125 for sets of three to five, depending on the day. It's actually like kind of, I don't know. I've had this whole life shift where now I'm, I have a new job now since last year, actually. And my numbers have tanked, <laughs> um, you know, as it goes after, after quarantine, you know, being home all the time, going back to work and trying to get that new schedule. My strength numbers have really suffered. Um, my front squat, especially my back squats, I can somewhat grind through still, but like my front squats are so yeah. not where they used to be. Um, I used to do like 107 for sets of five to seven now I'm barely doing a hundred for sets of like four so it'll come back yeah I'm, I'm dreading going back to work full-time so I can imagine I mean it's just just such a terrible transition to have to work all day and then train for three hours so I guess oh that. it's it's not great yeah so what do you what, do for work yeah I'm a teacher um so last year I started as a full-time long-term substitute teacher Um, And I ended up training in my basement because I worked, I had a 25 minute commute. So I would work until about five every day, come home, eat, or come home, like change, work out from like six to 8.30, eat dinner at nine and then go to bed. So like, that's a lot of the reason why my numbers were tanked because by the time I was squatting, I'd already worked (laughs) for a lot of hours and it was 8 p.m. and I'd be like oh my gosh I can't possibly do this um yeah you're 16 hours into your day at that point in time you're like I'm exhausted yeah it was hard and then um and we were so we were teaching in person I was in a place where we were still in person um not virtual and then this year I've moved to a new school which is a lot closer to where I live um, and I'm trying to do my best to leave at 4.30 every day, get to the gym by five and train. 
um, with people instead of in my basement alone. Nice. So I'm not like, that's a big you know, change. Yeah. So I'm, I'm optimistic that now that I'm back at my CrossFit gym with friends um, in a better environment and not working such long hours, um, my numbers will bounce back. They will. They will. So what, what, what do you teach elementary school? Do you teach? Yeah, I'm a first grade, first grade teacher. So it's really the only grade I can teach without the kids being taller than me. So <laughs> how tall are a, you? I'm 4'11". Are you really? <laughs> yeah. So they're little and I'm little, so it works out. <laughs> I'm little, but I'm still bigger than them. Yeah. Yeah. In first grade, you probably still at least have a couple inches on them. Most of them, at least. No, yeah. Some of them are really getting up there, though. Some of them are up to my chin, and I'm like, are you sure you're six? <laughs> like, how old are you? So what made you, you were a kinesiology major. What took you into teaching? Yeah, I graduated, and I said, oh, I don't actually want to do anything related to kinesiology. So <laughs> I went into nannying for about five years with the best family. Mm-hmm. Um love them so much. I still keep in touch with them. Um, but it was four kids. Well, it started out with two kids. Then over the years, it progressed to the point where it was four kids. It was a four-year-old, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn. Wow. And then I nannied them until the newborn was three-ish, three, yeah, three. And then I went into teaching. So anyway, the story goes, I was nannying and I was like, this is great, but it's not sustainable because eventually these kids are going to grow up and not need me. Um, what's something that fills my cup where I can work with people, specifically kids, because I'm really enjoying that now. And then I was like, oh, teaching, like that's fun. Cause I also didn't want a job where I had to sit all day. I wanted to be active. Um, so then I went to grad school at Mary Baldwin here in Stanton by me um for teaching. Graduated, got my master's in teaching, and now I'm in first grade with you know, here in Harrisonburg. Nice. Oh, it's super cool. I mean, I, I don't know that we have that many teachers in, in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of cool because I think it's, I had never personally heard of weightlifting literally until I met Christian at, you know, JMU. I knew strength training, all that stuff, but I never heard of like snatch and clean and jerk. That was all right. new to me. And so to be able to kind of share that with my students who are so young and like, especially the girls in my class, yeah. teaching them that they can be strong. Like it's not just being strong. is not just a boy thing. Um, yeah. Anybody and everybody can be strong, can lift weights if they want to, whatever um, is really special to me. And I love that part of teaching, like just not just the academics, but also, you know, showing kids that they can really do whatever they want to do. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Uh, well, I, 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 it as the podcast might indicate, women in weightlifting, right? Um, big advocate for women in weightlifting. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, really? I never knew that. Um, yeah, but one of the, I mean, because it is such an important, I mean, it's such an important confidence boost, you know? There's something, yeah. something about being able to just throw 100 kilos around that gives you confidence to do just damn near everything in your life. Um, so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I think it's great that you're inspiring these the, the young girls and getting them into the gym. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Like, 
I don't know if it resonates with them, but like it, it's only been two weeks of school. However, last year, like my kids last year were so into weightlifting. They were like, that's so cool, Miss Hayden. That's so cool. And also like, you know, kids, my first graders, they're so little and young. They say whatever pops into their head and they'll be like, why are your arms so big? Or they'll like point to my quad and be like, what's in your pants? And I'm like, that's just my leg. And so then I get, I get to teach them about like muscles and being strong and how, you know, if you take care of your body and lift weights, blah, 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 you too can be strong and have muscles. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you're just, you're, you're normalizing it. Yes, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is a great thing. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. It's, I love it. It's part, one of the favorite parts of my job. Also so, normalizing it among adults. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's more awkward, but you know. There's that. There is that. Yeah. I mean, getting, getting adults to accept kind of the, the weightlifter physique and the weightlifter you know, kind of this is what we do is a right. bit, is a bit more of a challenge. So, what, I mean, if you're, you're teaching, you know, obviously you're teaching all day and then you get out at 430 and then do you train five, six days a week? I train five days a week right now. Last year was, last year was such a mess. I trained three to four days a week last year. It was supposed to be four days a week. I would say it was like 60, 40 on if I did four days a week or not. Um, this year I'm really trying, as I said, trying to get back into taking care of myself and not putting so much effort into my job. Like I still put a lot of effort into my job, but not so much that it's taking away from my own personal goals. Like I'm trying to find a better balance there. So yeah, five days a week, um, after school. Yeah, but that was the, 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 the balance, especially for a full-time position that is not gym related is a challenge. I mean, that was one of the things that Jess and I were talking about in in her interview was, you know, she's had to change some of her career goals in order to be able to continue weightlifting at a high level. Um, So yeah, it's always going to be, it's always going to be a challenge, I suppose. Yeah, certainly. Especially, you know, teaching during a pandemic that has brought forth so many challenges that were not there in the past. that has really, you know, up, it's caused a great upheaval in the profession. So yeah, how, how did you deal with, did you teach over Zoom at all? Or did you, you said you were live, but. I did not teach over Zoom. I was in person. Um, I started over Zoom and then I quickly realized that it was not for me. And so I applied to a position in person. Um, and yeah, I, I moved. <laughs> I was like, I will be going there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I teach law school and teaching law students over Zoom is a nightmare. I could not imagine how, how you would ever teach a first grader. No, there's no way. And that's why, you know, I'm worried about Delta and everything. There yeah. are two case, COVID cases in my school right now. And I'm just like, are we going to shut down? Because if we do, I don't know what's going to happen. My mom is a teacher in Alabama and she says like 50% of the kids have COVID right now. And okay. That's a lot. It's crazy. Yeah. And, but they all don't want to go virtual again, but it's like, what, what do you do? Yeah. You know, cause it's not the best environment to teach kids virtually, but at the same time, everyone's getting sick. So 
It's such a catch-22. Yeah. Alabama is not exactly a hotbed for proactive. proactive, being proactive in terms of taking safety measures. <laughs> and yes, she just had a protest for them making the kids wear masks the other day. So in front of the school. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. Lovely. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how long do you think you'll, are, are you going to keep weightlifting through the masters or do you have any plans going out that far? Or are you just going to kind of keep progressing until you, until you stop? Um, well, I don't even know what tomorrow looks like. So it's hard for me to imagine that far down, but I cannot imagine my life without something competitive in it. So weightlifting seems like something you can do long-term. I don't have any plans to stop. I would love to continue for as long as possible um, at that as high of a level as possible. And that is my plan and that's my goal, so. Yeah, I think, and you were, you mentioned like the Pan Am and World Team. I think Tiffany said it was what one ninety four is kind of the magic number. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like what Christian told me, and now I'm just blanking. But yeah, that sounds right. So yeah, yeah if you're getting that kind of one hundred eight, one ten, and then you know an eighty five snatch, you're kind of putting yourself right in that, right in that. Um, yeah. In that realm. So, what does an average training session look like for you? Are you snatching every day, clean and jerking every day? accessories what do you what do you what are you doing I'm doing so I do a day of well day one is like snatches squats and then other accessory work day two is something light it's like you know either a power cleaner a power snatch and then um something lighter day three is cleans and pull like clean pulls and heavier things like that Day four is a little bit lighter and normally like some variation of a clean or a snatch, um, sometimes a power, sometimes not, sometimes from hang or block, whatever, um, just not as heavy squats and then another, probably like a jerks or something. This is making no sense. I don't even know what I'm saying. But anyway, and then Saturdays are, <laughs> Saturdays are full snatches, full clean and jerks. Um, in the off season, it can be like a full snatch complex or a full clean and jerk complex and then other accessories. Yeah. yeah next to what you're saying is make, makes perfect sense. I mean, okay. Because I got lost myself. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. Um, yeah. We see, you know, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of differentiation among what athletes are doing. Um, and some people, you know, they do the full lifts a couple of days a week and then the rest of the week is just strength. Um, okay. So it's it's it just kind of an interesting dynamic. I I didn't realize there were honestly I didn't realize there was as much variation as there there is. Yeah, um, I would say I do. Um, ah, sorry, my computer decided it's updating. Okay, I think I'm back. Okay, um, I do like a variation of a snatch or a clean and jerk, or sorry, a snatch or a clean every training session. Mm-hmm. Um. And then on the weekends, it's like cleans from the floor, snatches from the floor, I would say. Yeah, that's got to be a, that's got to be a rough workout. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Last block, I had EMOMs. So I had, I had 40 minutes of EMOMs of snatch, like 20 minute EMOMs of snatches and 20 minute EMOMs of clean and jerk. So it was 40 lifts total. And it was just, 
a lot for my thumbs. I was like, ow. <laughs> but uh, we made it and then it's better. Yeah, this how, how heavy were your EMOBs? Not that heavy. Like snatches were actually really easy. I think they only went up to like 63. Um, clean and jerks, you know, they're just tiresome to do in a minute, no matter what weight. Yeah. Uh, and I think those went up to 83. I, yeah, that, it, yeah it would go up and then down. So, I mean, if you think, yeah, I mean, that's basically 80% of where, of your, yeah. of your PR. I mean, that's, that's a lot, that's a lot of weight to move for 20 minutes. It was two sets of 10 minutes. So I did get a break in the middle. Okay. But I mean, that's still just a, I mean, that's was, a lot. It was of a lot. I know. I was like, oh, I feel like this is the end. <laughs> this is the end. Most of, during the clean jerks, the snatches, I was like, oh, this is great. I love this. I love EMOMs. And then clean jerks, I said, oh, I hate EMOMs. I never want to do them again. <laughs> is so, snatching your favorite lift or? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's like, because when you hit it, you just, you're like, chef's kiss and it feels so amazing you're like oh my gosh I think I've done one snatch in my life that I was ever like chef's kiss really <laughs> oh gosh, I love snatching and Ma I love Maria does kiss. Maria does not have the same problem that you do with her shoulder with her shoulders and her elbows her, her snatches that? actually look really really pretty yeah that's nice my snatches never do so good good for you Maria <laughs> okay so, yeah, I can't grind for a clean and jerk so we were having this discussion with, with Tiffany and Jess last week of um, they both get called for press outs a lot for shoulder movement. Yeah. And I mean, like if that. I recall from watching you lift, your 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 snatches are just spot on or they're not. I mean, it's either you know they're perfect or it's a miss. Um, yeah. So it's I just would, a kind of an it's an interesting dynamic to watch. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes I just like I pull under too fast and I let the bar crash on me and that's you know the the, the reason for my press outs yeah and I'm like oh if I could just you know maybe put a little more weight on the bar I wouldn't have had that extra oomph I should have just gone heavier but <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good problem to have yeah I'm like oh okay so we'll see so, what happens here <laughs> let's talk about your weight cut Let's, what, 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 what is your, what, what body weight do you normally walk around at? So this has been another issue. I normally walk around at 57, which is fine. Okay. I mean, that's not, I don't think that's bad. I think my weight cut is generally very easy. Yeah. No, that's um, good. Yeah. Not a problem. My, but last year, I keep going back to last year. I'm just living in the past, but it's anyway. okay. <laughs> 2020 will so, do that too, yeah. I know, yeah. time is irrelevant these days. So last year I had so much like pandemic anxiety, teaching anxiety, you know, everything. That I was walking around like between 54 and 55. Wow. And that was, yeah, and that was not good. I felt terrible. I had, my joints ached all the time. I couldn't sleep through the night you know, I had all of these issues that resulted from being chronically not where I underfed, you know, all that's to say my weight cut for this past nationals back in June, July was basically non-existent because I was already there. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that's um, good, I guess I'm bad. I guess if you weren't feeling. Yeah, I would have much rather done like no. casual two kilo weight cut than yeah. that. Um, right now, I would say I'm pretty stable around 56, which is good. I've been really working on my diet to try to make sure I'm eating enough. Um, Do you have a nutrition coach? Mm-mm. Well, you know, Christian, he works for RP, so he's always helpful. Yeah. Okay, good. That's right. You actually live for RP. Yes. Yeah, because Christian is with them. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know they had a team until nationals, and I remember thinking, wow, RP has its own team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How long, is, how long is, have you guys been a team? I want to say since 20, 2019, um, okay. uh, AO finals, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that would, I mean, that would actually make sense from, you know, that it would take me that long to notice, given the fact that we, you know, we had Columbus and then we went into quarantine. Right, right. Oh, wait, this is so funny. This, okay, there's this guy with a New York accent who, who announces at the competitions. Do you know who I'm talking Joe Triola? It could be him. I don't know, but that sounds right. At my very first nationals, this was in 2019. At my very first nationals, um, this was before RP had a team and he's like announcing everybody and he's like, so-and-so from so-and-so barbell club, so-and-so from here. And then he goes, Maria Hayden from, he realizes I'm not affiliated and he goes, Maria Hayden from nowhere special. And I said, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that would be Joe. It's me. (laughs) Wow. It was so funny. And like, you know, I had, I think my sister was in the stands filming. So she got that on tape and I have that memory forever. Just Maria Hayden from nowhere special. special. And after that, Christian was like, we are affiliating with team RP. And I was like, Actually a team. <laughs> somewhere special. <laughs> yeah. I'll somewhere you, special. As the announcer, um, when you, you get into this cadence of like, so-and-so from so-and-so barbell club, right? And it's this very yeah. natural cadence. And then you reach the un- unattached and you're like, your cadence is just wrong because then really? you're like, and, and unless you, you know, what I try and do is figure out where people are from. Um, that right. gives me at least some, be like lifting, you know, from the state of Tennessee, Jess Jackson, yeah. not anymore. I get, you know, don't correct me. I know I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll always wear that. I prefer Tennessee than New Jersey. So that's fine. <laughs> as, as should anybody. But, <laughs> yeah so but that does sound like something joe would do <laughs> yeah i was that really geeked me out that was funny i was laughing at that so we're talking about food do you have any particular like foods that you indulge in oh i am a huge proponent of double stuff oreos i really cannot go a day without them and i heard that nabisco is on strike in virginia um, so I'm really not sure how that's going to go. If like we run out of cookies, I might do a road trip to go find some Oreos. Um, send you some. What? I'll send you some. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, even during my weight cuts, I still make room for Oreos. They're non-negotiable for me. So rest. that's that. It is what it is. Um, what else? I really like pasta. Italian food is my go-to. Also, tacos. Yeah. 
but mainly I mean, warriors. I'm with you on all of those, actually. I, I, good, I, I good. make my own pasta, so it's a, I, I'm, I'm a big pasta junkie. Yes, my roommate has a pasta maker, and we'll sometimes make our own pasta, too, and it's so good. Fancy. Yes. Well, Mark's Mr. Fancy because he makes his own wine, too. So. What? Okay, I have not done that. That's yeah, my, my my goal is to actually make an entire Italian meal from like total from scratch, grow my own tomatoes, grow my own basil, grow my own oregano, make my own pasta. I, I actually want to grind my own uh, wheat, but I can't, I don't think I would be able to do that. I hope that's on October 23rd. Um, I, I will make pasta for you guys when you come out okay. <laughs> and you, and we'll have homemade wine too. Cause I actually right. bottled and it was really good. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Jess and uh, her coach, Jim Rudder, are coming out to see me in October. So nice. Um, so talk about, I, I, I actually love to talk about mindset because it's, it's something I get to like see you guys doing as you're, as you're preparing for a lift. But um, how, how do you get in the right mindset to go out and take your opening snatch? Yeah. So that's like the beautiful thing about competition for me. I don't have to try I just, maybe it's because I've competed for so long. Um, but whenever I'm in a meet setting, I can tap into this brain space that I can't tap into at any other point in my life. Um, it's like, it's so weird because it's this weird paradox of being present while not being there at all, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does or doesn't? Yeah, no, it, it makes, makes perfect sense. sense. Oh, Oh, flow state. Yes. Yeah. Flow state. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, if I'm somewhere else and I'm like, oh, Maria, you should be present in the moment. I'm like, all right, let's focus on being present. But in a competition, it's not like that. I just am present, but I'm also like watching from afar. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's, I don't have to do anything to get into that state, which is really interesting. I just feed off the environment and I'm like, oh, here we are, we're in it, this is what I'm doing. Um, and I don't have a thing in my brain. There's like not one thought in my head. I'm literally just doing a snatch, sitting down, doing a snatch, sitting down. And then when it's time to go on the stage, um, I will say it was a little different at the first meet back. I was nervous, but like normally when it's time to get on the stage, I have no thoughts. And then I just say my quick cues which are normally jump, pull, punch. That's just what I repeat to myself over and over and over. Um, and then I do it and I don't have any, anything in my brain. It's just empty, nice. which I think is the way to go for me. So what are you, are you hanging out with people in the back room? Or are you one of these people that's like sitting there quietly with listening to your music or what are you, what are you doing yeah. in the back room? I don't have any music. I just sit and stare at the bar like during snatches, I just sit and I stare into space. Um, during clean and jerks, I'm a little more relaxed and I'll talk to people and joke around uh, more so. I will say that that was different during this first meet back at um, whatever this was, nationals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nationals, um, where I was like not as easily able to tap into that because I was so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. And I think that came from having success at the virtual nationals. And then all of those thoughts like, oh my gosh, what if I choke at in-person nationals? What if I'm not good in person? All this 
other stuff was in my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was harder for my body to do that automatic let go of that, like it normally does. Um, so I had to really do some writing like the night before I just wrote a million sentences of, about like trusting my body, trusting my training, um, and trusting that I know what to do. So that helped. Um, I never thought about it. like the journal, like journaling, doing some other things where you just like get it all out all out on paper and yeah. I mean, just you were talking was you were talking about doing something like that where you think about all the things that can go wrong. Yeah, and then just put it out, out of your head. Yeah, two weeks out, I always catastrophize, and then the week before, I always play everything going right in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's the other thing. Sometimes I just like do the highway hypnosis thing where, <laughs> where I'm in highway hypnosis when I'm driving, but I'm visualizing my lift. And I'm like, Maria, please, not the time. Stare at the road. Stop <laughs> visualizing your lifts while driving. That's dangerous. But it's worked out for me thus far. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, no crashes. Um, I had, to, I did have to do some journaling before this last meet. And, and if, I, if I remember correctly, you did really well. So did well in the snatch, clean and jerks, man. I, 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 Every time. I don't, I don't have all my, 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 all my numbers in front of me. So I'm, I'm all operating from memory, which is not always a good thing. What, what, oh. were your, how did, what were your clean and jerks? I opened at 97 and that was fine. And then I tried 100 and for some reason missed the jerk, which is bizarre to me. Um, and then I did a hundred again and missed the jerk again, which is like bizarre. And I think that just goes to the lack of care I had been investing in my body, like leading up to it, mm -hmm. um, managing all of the other stressors because a 100 clean and jerk is very, very doable for me. And so missing it was like, I don't know. Yeah, that should be a routine lift for you. Yeah, it wasn't great. And it normally is. So I was not happy, but snatches went fine besides the press out. But at that point, I was, had already, I think, won. So I think 81 was just like going to be icing on the cake for the snatch. Janice did what, 79? So you, yeah, you'd already won. At the, yeah. Uh, correctly. God, sorry, trying to remember how to like remember these things. I, I announced that session, so I have some some recollection of all of the lifts. Um, yeah. Oh, I think I did seventy nine, and then I think she tried seventy nine but missed it. That's, she got is that right? That's, is that right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Anyway, I, you did you did really well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. So let me ask you a couple of our of our of our stock questions here. Um, sure. Finish the sentence. You know you're a weightlifter when blank. Okay. You know you're a weightlifter when you hook up your steering wheel on the car. <laughs> you know what other ones? That was my that was my big one. I just hook grip everything. I walk around and hook grip. I'm just like <laughs> open it. <laughs> open Actually, I, hook grip. I joke with my new athletes that I'm like after about a month you'll be hook gripping your steering wheel. So it's funny that you yes. mentioned that because that's one of the it's things so that I true. tell people. And then I'll look down, I'm like, why am I hook gripping my steering wheel? Like what in the world? Because it's the um, right size and shape. So yeah, exactly. 
So, but it's true. Like a month in, you'll be hook gripping your steering wheel. What is the hardest thing about weightlifting for you? <sighs> okay. The hardest thing about weightlifting is everything aside from the training. Like for me, the training is the easiest part. You go to the gym, you do it. But then making sure you get enough sleep, making sure you're eating well, making sure you're sleeping. And oh, I just said that making sure you're managing your outside stressors, all of that, that is the hard part for me, maintaining everything outside of the gym. Because in my opinion, like anyone can go to the gym and train, but it's the other stuff that really makes a difference. And that's the hardest part for me. Not enough hours in the day. True that. <laughs> well, or like you have to sacrifice something. Like you have to sacrifice sleep or you have to sacrifice a meal. Like I didn't eat lunch today, which is terrible. Doctor coach, cut this out. No one can know. <laughs> like, you know sometimes crazy things. Ha I had craziness happen in my classroom today. So I didn't get a lunch break. I had to like go to meetings in the office and all this stuff. Right. And then I had, you know, I had a podcast at eight. So I was like, well, I don't have time because then I have to stay after school for more meetings. Crazy kids. Anyway. And so then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go to the gym, do what I can, and then come home and eat. And, you know, it's just bad. Like, that's very not what I stand for. And I will really try not to let that happen again. But, you know, things happen and you're always sacrificing something. Life happens. Um, it's this constant give and take. So, exactly. yeah. But I mean, in the real world, you got to get it I think that's one of the big, the big problems of being a professional in, in, in a weightlifter is you, you're responsibilities outside of weightlifting won't stop right. and you can't just be like oh i'm, I'm not going to go to that meeting i'm at the with the principal because i've got to go train sorry judge i'm uh i'm not gonna show up today yeah <laughs> <laughs> i gotta go yeah <laughs> I they, they, although they i have told a judge i have been like judge i gotta eat lunch yeah i need a break so it's true Jess, you'll appreciate this. I was in a settlement conference one time and our judge was like, hey, we're going to work through lunch. And I'm like, cool story. We're going to be done by 1.30 or I'm going to tell your, tear your arm off and eat it. Right. And she was like, there you go. um, and, I, and she kind of looked at her and goes, he's not kidding. I mean, he gets really, really hangry. Right. It's just not a so, good situation. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you have these situations where you, I mean, you have stuff that has to be done as a professional. Yeah. <laughs> ignore it right um, and the thing so is yeah, too you, weightlifting doesn't pay the bills right your yeah. job does so kind of a necessity <laughs> yeah exactly so it's always just what is most important you know everything's important and then you have to prioritize what is most important and what can you know maybe wait till tomorrow or just not get done today or this second Marie, one last question for you um, what would you tell beginner lifter you? Like go back or, or you know, 10 year old you or a new lifter, take your pick. Yeah, I would tell myself that not everything, A, has to be perfect and B, not everything is going to be perfect. I'm a very all or nothing person. So I'm either all in or all out. And like we were just saying, it's never like that. There has to be a balance. Um, so just not to stress out about the small stuff. It's basic, like basically you'll be good at weightlifting or whatever you do. If you just keep accumulating practice over time, you don't have to do 
three hours of training one day only, or like, you know, six hours of training one day only to do zero the next, right? It'd be better to get in an hour at least every single day for a week if you're having a rough week um, than just doing nothing or trying to get everything in in one day. Like, that's crazy. I would tell myself, take a deep breath, take it one day at a time, and just with whatever time you have, put all of your energy into that hour or so at the gym. If that's all you have, if you have three hours, even better. Um, but whatever, whatever you can do, just put your energy into that in every moment, and then things will fall into place. Thanks. I actually really like that. It's pretty, oh, thank pretty, you. pretty good advice. Maria, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And we look forward to seeing you in Denver and um, good luck. And I, I really hope you make an, uh, one of the national, international teams. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. Thank you. Thank you all so much for having me. This was fun.